You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. On your chair, when you walked in, you should have seen something uh, a bit unusual for a church, right? Uh, If you haven't opened it already, feel free, go ahead and open your fortune cookie. Uh, If you're watching at home, I'm sorry, we have fortune cookies here, and go ahead and open it. And do as you do at the end of any meal at a Chinese restaurant, share with the person next to you your great fortune. All right? We're going to take 30 seconds to share with each other what is about to come true. All right? Go for it. All right. Hopefully you have a great insight into what, what is in store uh, uh, and that you are prepared and ready. Right? Uh, we did this just for, for fun is the fact that we want, we want wisdom. We turn to wisdom and everything, even a cookie after our dinner, right? With that somehow we think, oh, this is a wise counsel. This is my lucky numbers. I'm winning a million dollars this year. <coughs> that, that we seek this as our, as our source of wisdom, and, and we do this so often. Uh, as I was doing this, I realized there's a few funny uh, fortunes that were online, and so uh, I want to share those with you. First one uh, we, we have is to truly find yourself, you should play hide and seek alone. That's deep. I like that. All right. The fortune you seek is in another cookie. You will be hungry again in one hour. And stop procrastinating starting tomorrow. So those are all great, great advice, right? We, we often look for everywhere for wisdom, whether it's in a cookie or on a podcast, or in a self-help book, or in listening to the radio, or watching TV, or trying to discuss something at the office to get wisdom and advice. Seems like it's something that we all need. This isn't a new thing. Uh, in the Bible times, there was, uh, kings would have wise men on their, uh, in their royal palace. That's what Daniel was a wise man. Wise man. Uh, we, we see jo- uh, Joseph was a wise man for Pharaoh. Daniel was a wise man in Babylon. That they would bring in these people that were just wise. That the king would go to them with a problem, with a dream, with a decision, and seek wise counsel. And so it's this idea that, that we all have wanted wisdom from long ago to today. We're looking everywhere for wisdom, whether it's in a, a book or a podcast or a cookie. We're looking for wisdom. But so often we look for wisdom in, in places that can fail us, in, in places that aren't, uh, aren't lifelong, that aren't tried and true. For example, I have a book on, on my shelf in my office. And when I was looking at this, I, I realized I, that I had this book, and I, and I pulled it out, and it's a book uh, of wise sayings, and it's a book of idioms, uh, of, of ideas, and it's little phrases, and then each chapter would further explain that phrase and how that would work in your life and work in ministry, because this book was written by a very popular Christian minister. He led one of the biggest churches in the country, and he wrote this book, and I thought, as a young minister, I was like, this is great. I'm going to get good advice. I'm going to get wisdom on how to do ministry. I'm going to, uh, I got this book many years ago, and I thought, this is going to help me every day, that I'll learn how to do ministry, how to deal with people, how to do all this. And I sought the wisdom from this guy, who ended up a few years ago, found out that he had been having affairs and had forced himself upon women, and that he had to resign from his church, and it was this great, uh, great debacle, and, and everything fell apart. This is who I was seeking wisdom from. 
I'm not alone in that. Many of us seek wisdom from things that you don't know who wrote this cookie. But so often, I'll leave the, the restaurant and be like, hey, that's a good one. And I'll keep it in my pocket. We don't know who's the real life behind this person writing a blog or sharing a book or giving this insight. We all know the true story behind the person that's given us some wisdom at the water cooler at the office. But there's one place that we could go to for wisdom that's been tried and true for years and years, and that's God. We're starting this series on Proverbs, and it's going to last through the month of, of May, and I'm super excited. I'll tell you more about the series in a minute. But Proverbs is a collection of wisdom. It is part of a wisdom literature. The Bible has many different sections. There's the Torah, which is the first five books. Uh, again, it gives the background of mankind and the laws. There's, there's the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's, and there's prophecies, there's the prophets, and then there's also a section called the wisdom literature. This is a section that includes the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Song and Solomon, and uh, the book of Job. And so these books are, are called the wisdom literature because they impart a lot of wisdom. But each one is, is a little different. For example, I was, came across this illustration that said these wisdom literatures are a lot like music. Right? Music is, is an umbrella, and we all know what music is, but there's different kinds of music. There's different kinds of wisdom literature. Uh, for example, Ecclesiastes and Job is like a, a somber symphony, right? It's this grand music, and it deals with some of the deepest meanings in life. It deals with struggles, and it deals with overcoming things. It deals with questions that we might have for God, for mankind. This is Ecclesiastes and Job. This is this style of wisdom literature. Then you have Song of Solomon, which is a romance, which deals with love, with, which is more like a salsa. It makes you want to kind of move and get, yeah, that's right. Oh, like some jazz. And so uh, you just kind of, it, it's a book that, that deals with love. It deals with romance. It deals with longing. It deals with all these things. And then you got Proverbs. And to be honest, Proverbs is like, a basic piano lesson, right? It's just going over the scales. It's going over the basics. It is the foundation for what the jazz is made, for the, the samba is made, for, for the symphony is made. It is this foundation of wisdom. And so as we look at these different kinds of wisdom literature, we're going to be looking at Proverbs, which seems like the most basic. Seems like just the basic scale going up and down, and yet it's so profound. It's wisdom that we, can, that we can learn from. That we need to be able to seek God with our hearts and our souls, but also with our minds. Uh, uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is what we're called to do. As we pursue God, we pursue wisdom. Proverbs is unique from all the others because it's a bunch of little sayings. It's, it's a bunch of miniature phrases, and it's, it's very focused on practical life. And some people would say, well, what's different than, from that, from other wisdom that, that I could go find on a self-help book at, at an airport gift shop? The difference is, this is the Word of God. The difference is that God guided our scriptures to be collected and presented in the Bible. And if it is in the Bible, it is God-breathed, it is of God. 
2 Timothy 3, 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Let me rephrase that to say, Proverbs is God-breathed and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We often don't think of turning to the Bible for wisdom. Right? If you have a problem, you're, you're dealing with this coworker and you don't know what to do, it's a relational problem, it's a <coughs> problem with money and finances, we, we think of different areas to turn to, different websites to seek, and different people that we could seek wisdom from, but in all reality, we do this because we don't think the Bible deals with the nitty gritty, but it does. I'm looking forward to this month for us to be able to see that the nitty-gritty, the details, the, the relationship issues, the money issues, the, the parenting issues, the, the work issues, the time issues, the laziness issues, all that is incorporated in this one book of Proverbs. As a church, I'm excited because I think this is going to be a, a big thing. I'm hoping and I'm asking you to go through the book of Proverbs together. In the month of May, May 1st is a Sunday. Next Sunday is May 1st. And there are 31 days in the month of May, and there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And so our desire as a church is to go through together each chapter day by day. So read chapter 1 on May 1st, chapter 2 on May 2nd. And together we're going to do that. We, we've been putting together several things. we got some videos that we're going to be hosting on social media of church members sharing their favorite Proverbs. Those will go out each day. we got some, uh, uh, an idea of reading this through on our, on our Apple podcast. we got um, the journal books. I don't know if you guys remember these from Mark, but we have these journal books that are they got this pretty one with the leaves, or they got manly, tough, uh, black ones um, that you can get these at our coffee shop. They're, or you can get them on Amazon. They're $7 on Amazon, $5 at the coffee shop, whichever way. But it's a neat opportunity that it's a way that you can go through the Proverbs and write some notes. And to be able to go through this together as a church family, together that we'll be able to see where is God leading what is he telling us? Why is Proverbs written the way it is? Why is it a bunch of little chunks of, of wisdom? Because it's easy to remember. Because if Solomon had wanted to give a, a lecture on pride, most people would not have remembered it. But when he has a, a proverb from Proverbs 16, 18 that says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. That's easy to remember. Remember back then, many people didn't have the scriptures readily available, and so it was all auditory, and it was passing down wisdom from generation to generation, and you would do that with these short sayings of wisdom from God. And so we have these, these proverbs that touch on every aspect of human life, and that's what we're going to get into. It, the Proverbs are not a magic formula that if we just recite them that it magically works. It even says that Proverbs 26.7 says, Like a lame man's leg, which hangs useless, is a proverb in the mouth of fools. These aren't things that we can just say and that it magically happens. These are pieces of advice for us to learn and then live by. There's two parts to that. Is that we'll have to learn them and live them as we go through. It's full of wisdom. 
what I love about it is biblical wisdom has very little to do with IQ, right? That you can be wise and not be the smartest person, not be the most educated person, but you can be incredibly wise as we follow God's wisdom. And we're going to see that here, and we're going to look at the introduction of Proverbs and, and see that it says that in so many words. And so if you're wondering, okay, he sold us on Proverbs, but what's this have to do with me? Let me ask you, have you ever messed up? Have you ever made a mistake? Have you ever said something that after it came out, that you really regretted that? Or perhaps have you ever had a time when you didn't say something and you look back and say, oh, I should have said. Have you ever had times where you lost your temper? Have you ever had times where you made a mistake and, and you spoke out of line? Have you ever had times where you were dealing with your, your spouse or your kids or a close loved one and and you said something you regret. Have you ever had times where you bought something that was a bad decision? Or times when you were a little too stingy with your money? Have you ever had times when you had a confrontation and, and you, you fought when you shouldn't have? Or maybe when you stood by when you should have spoke up? Have you ever had times where you feel like you're just working too much? Or times when maybe you're being too lazy? If this describes you, which I'm sure it does one of those, the wisdom that we're about to get in Proverbs will cover that. It covers all of our life. And so when we look at what is the point of going to the Bible to find answers, the Bible doesn't deal with the nitty-gritty. It doesn't deal with the details. It does. And we're going to see that over the next month. So the book of Proverbs, like I said, is 31 chapters, chapter 1 through 9. It's kind of an, an introduction, laying the groundwork, explaining what foolishness is and what wisdom is and, and presenting these. And then chapters 10 through 31 is what we normally picture if you are familiar with the book of Proverbs. It's the little clips of, of, of almost of little sayings that we can take and learn from and, and live with. And so this, this book is, is composed of those two different sections, but there's also a third section, which is the first chapter. And the first chapter, chapter 1, actually verses 1 through 7, is almost like a preamble to the book of Proverbs. It's like an introduction. And so uh, on this week when we're introducing the series to come, this is a perfect section for us to dive into. So if you have your Bibles, uh, or you might have it on your phone, if you want to look it on the screen, we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Verse 1 of chapter 1 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. This is the author of many of the Psalms, uh, many of the Proverbs. Solomon, if you remember, uh, back in 1 Kings chapter 3, there's a story that, that God was, came to Solomon, and Solomon was the new king. He's the son of David, the, the great king of Israel, and, and he comes to Solomon and says, I'll give you anything you want. And Solomon thanks, and he asks for wisdom. He asked for wisdom to be able to lead his nation, wisdom to lead his family, wisdom to lead. So God not only gives him wisdom, but because it was such a, a noble request, he gives him wisdom and he gives him wealth and he gives him peace and he gives him power. And so he comes to God and asks for wisdom. And then we got this passage in 1 Kings chapter 4. And to get a glimpse of this wise writer of these Proverbs, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight. And a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Ezraite, 
which I've, I feel bad for that guy. Like, for all of time, he's just number two. All right? Uh, wiser than Heman, Kalkal, and Darder, the sons of Mohal. And his fame spread to the, all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life from the cedars of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish from all the nations. People came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. All the neighboring countries have come to Solomon for wisdom. He knows more than any other man on, uh, on earth. He's full of these proverbs. And just like those ancient kings, we have the opportunity to come to Solomon's wisdom as well. And these are the ones that God has ordained to be collected of those thousands of Proverbs, these are the ones God has collected for us to live by. There are other authors too. The whole book isn't written by Solomon. Several authors are mentioned by name. There's the men of Hezekiah, there's Lemuel. There's going to be multiple other people that we're going to see. But the majority is Solomon. I mean, you believe he's the one that collected these. Verse 2, chapter 1 says, For gaining wisdom and instruction, uh, these Proverbs are good for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. There it is. This is what it's about. This is why we're going to study it, so we can gain wisdom, so we can get instruction, so we can have understanding of, the, of, the wor- of words of insight. This is very different than just gathering knowledge. Knowledge is a lot of facts. Wisdom is knowing how to use them. You can have the knowledge of financial systems, but it's the wise person that knows how to balance their checkbook. And so this is different than just collection of facts, collection of intriguing information. This is a collection of things to live by, things to make our life better. The Old Testament, the word for wise, is used to describe people that are skillful. The Bible says that the, those working in the temple, the craftsmen, were wise. Wisdom isn't about intellect and IQ. Wisdom is about practical knowledge. That these fine craftsmen that were, that were building things in the temple were wise in their trade. And so it's encouraging for, for us that this is about being wise in how we live and how we interact with others and how we go about life. Verse 3 says this is for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. For those who are simple, it means those who are uneducated. To giving knowledge to the young is saying that those that have not have a grand education, this wisdom is for you. That no matter how young you are, Proverbs is for you. But then I love it continues. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance. For understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. It's saying that those who are already educated, those who are are older, those that have been around, add this to your learning. So this is for the young and the old. This is for for the the kids in elementary school and the highly educated. This is for everybody. These nuggets of wisdom for us to take. And then it gets to this verse. Verse 7 is Kind of the summary verse for the whole book. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, 
but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fear the Lord. In the book of Proverbs, that's mentioned 18 times. The fear of the Lord. That this is the beginning uh, of, of knowledge. That we want to read this carefully and understand what does the fear of the Lord mean? To acknowledge that he's our creator and, and we're the created. That he's a father and we're his children. That he's a master and we're his servants. Means to respect God in awe and reverence. It means to regard him and be, be fearful of him that, you know, in a sense of as a child is, is fearful from his parents, not, <clears throat> not in a, a, a beating sort of way, but in a, a respectful sort of way. To know that there is consequences if we misbehave. But more importantly, that we fear the Lord. We want to make them proud. That we want to, to do what they want us to do. That we want to do what they say. That there's this desire to live that way. Verses 1 through 6 kind of give us the outline of why Proverbs are good and how to run this race of life and, and that it's good for instruction and, and rebuking and discernment and for all this. But chat, verse 7 gives us the starting line of this race. That is the fear of the Lord. We know wisdom can come from the world. It can come from a cookie. It can come from a podcast. It can come from someone that just seems to know it all at the office or at school. But that's not the source of great wisdom. The source of great wisdom is in the Bible. The source of great wisdom begins with fear of the Lord. One person wrote, What the alphabet is to reading, or notes are to reading music, or numerals are to mathematics, the fear of the Lord is to attaining the knowledge revealed in this book. If we want this month to, to be worthwhile, if we want to get anything out of, out of this book of Proverbs as we dive into it, it's got to begin with the fear of the Lord. And what's that look like for, for the non-Christians? For an unbeliever, it would look like the fear of judgment of God and, and eternal death, which is separation from God. But for believers, fear of God is something different. Hebrews 12, uh, 28 through 29 puts it this way. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. With reverence and awe. It's more than just respecting God. It's having this awe. It's acknowledging that he is the creator of everything and the creator of us. That, that he cares for us individually. And that, that care means so much that, that we won't take that, that for a lesser value, but that we'd hold on to that and realize that God, the creator of everything, loves me. How am I going to show him love back in awe? in reverence, in respect, and in fear of the Lord. Not that we're to be scared of God. Believers aren't to be scared of God because uh, he has promised that nothing can separate from us from him in Romans 8. In Hebrews 13, he says that he'll never leave us. But it's this fear of the Lord that we want, to, <clears throat> we, we want to respect him. We want to be reverent of him, to be in awe. Are you in awe of the Lord? 
as we dive into this, you're going to see this wisdom that applies to your everyday life. And, and I believe there will be days that you're going to read uh, uh, Proverbs 13th on the 13th of the May, and you're going to go about your day, and you're going to realize, wow, that was perfect for what I needed that day. And those moments, it wasn't you or your day that made that happen. It was God. It was this creator that, that has given us this wisdom, that's given us this knowledge. In 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul says that Jesus is, Jesus is Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Jesus was the power of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus is the all-encompassing wisdom that helped impart these to Solomon, that helped make sure that these were in the Bible. Jesus was wisdom. And as we dive into wisdom, as we see how it applies to our life, as we live in fear and awe of the Lord, I believe we're going to draw closer to Jesus as well. I'm excited about this series. There's many times in the Proverbs that, that just clearly point to Jesus that I can say he lived that out. He set that example. Here's a real-life version of what that proverb looks like. And Jesus showed us the wisdom in action. And so this morning, we're going to close with one final worship song. But I just want to encourage us to be prepared to receive this wisdom. And in order to do so, we do that with the fear of the Lord. We do that in awe and in reverence. We do that listening to God and following him. We do that by seeking wisdom. We do that by seeking Jesus, seeking a relationship with him. And so if you will, I hope that this coming month, starting next Sunday, that you'll go through this book with us. And if you've read Proverbs before, great. You're going to get to read it again and it'll be familiar. If you've never read the book of Proverbs, it's really easy. It won't take long to read a chapter a day. But together, we're going to gain knowledge. Together, we're going to grow closer to Jesus. Together, I hope and pray that we will fear the Lord. If you'll stand with me and, and I'll pray. God, we just thank you for your word of wisdom. We thank you for guiding us and giving us your son. God, Jesus was personification of this wisdom. And we pray that as we dive into the words of Proverbs, that we also dive into you, that our relationship will grow closer to you. And as we use these words to, to guide us in our everyday living, more importantly, God, that they will use these words to guide us closer to a relationship and a walk with you, that we would be in awe and reverence of you, that we would live in a way that we fear the Lord. In your name.